Welcome to episode number five of Upstate and Litigate. I'm Derek Spada. And I'm John DeGasparis. We're personal injury lawyers at Bosch and Keegan. This is our podcast about all things personal injury law related. Today, we're talking about what, Derek? Motorcycle accidents and injuries. Yeah, these are often tragic accidents, but we're pretty good at them. We've handled a lot. Some of our best results involve motorcycle accidents. So I'd say we, we know a lot about this topic. Derek, before we dive in to motorcycle accidents, any big wins lately? Well, it seems like I've been doing a lot of appeals lately, and uh, we've been the respondent, which is good, which means that, that we won, but then the other side appeals. Always so better to be a respondent. Yeah, you know, the, the appellate means you lost, so being the respondent is, is better, but it still worked, you know, still doing the brief. But anyway, I had an, an appellate win recently on uh, a case where a, a guy who was delivering food um, it was going through a warehouse, pulling a large cart through a doorway to get in there. It's kind of a weird scenario, but he had to pull his cart in. He couldn't push it in due to the length of the cart. So he, as he pulls it, as he's pulling it in backwards into a dimly lit warehouse, someone left a pallet jack where it didn't belong. It was right in, the, in a marked walkway. They have white lines on the ground. And the pallet jack was there. He tripped over the prongs of the pallet jack and fell backwards just as he entered the building. And the uh, the employee inside the building never warned him about the pallet jack being there. Just didn't say anything when he opened the door for him. And so he fell, had, had some injuries to his back and neck, needed surgery on his neck. He's been out of work since the accident. And so the other side tried to have the case dismissed. Um, so I beat that. And then they appealed. And then I won the appeal. So now we're, we're on track for either trial or settlement. It's a case I think is going to settle eventually. But uh, just keeping it on track for trial at this point. And the firm thanks you for doing all of those appeals, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, thankless work, but you're pretty good at it. How many appeals have you filed now? I, I lost track, but it's over 120, maybe like 125. Yeah, you've got to be one of the most experienced appellate attorneys. I always say north of New York City, I suppose, because you never know what's going on down there in New York City. There might be somebody down there with a lot of experience, but I think north of Manhattan, you've got to be one of the most experienced appellate lawyers, right? Uh, yeah, it seems that way, especially with civil law. There's some uh, who do a lot of criminal appeals for the, the like certain DA's yeah, offices or public true. defenders. Sure. But you know, for non-criminal appeals, I, I don't really know anybody who's done more than me north of New York City. I mean, the person's probably out there somewhere, but... Yeah, and that's a, uh, you know, I think a major advantage for people who hire Bosch and Keegan, and I think you always try to emphasize this point. We handle cases from start to finish in-house. Many personal injury law firms that people hire will often have to hire outside counsel to hire appeals because, listen, appeals are an inevitable part of the practice, right? You, you can't win every case on motion. Uh, judges make mistakes. That's why we have appellate courts. And so having a qualified appellate attorney, I think, is a major um attribute to our firm. So again, thank you. I did just settle one this week uh, for $120,000 trip and fall accident case. I represented a Westchester woman who tripped and fell on one of those pesky water caps. And I think you would agree. These are like hard cases, right? I mean, yeah. first of all, it's always hard, I think, because you know, people are like, dude, it's just a water cap. It's not dangerous, but this one was dangerous. And the adjacent homeowner had contacted the water department Kind of out of frustration that this water cap was sort it, of how far up was it sticking from the ground? Like, 
A couple uh, inches or what? No, what? not much. You know, yeah. not very much. Half an inch, which which a, is a trip hazard. Was it a sidewalk? Or? It was in a sidewalk in one of those uh, side curb cutouts where, where your driveway would go. Mm-hmm. So she lived down in the Westchester area, densely populated area. And she was walking to find a parking spot for her son who was coming home to visit. And she she crossed the street. And as she went up one of these curb ramps or curb cutouts, she tripped and fell on on this water cap wasn't demarcated in any way and um she we so we sued the the city and the city's like it's not our water cap so it's like understandable so city's out um and uh we sued the local water department and the the adjacent homeowner had called the water department to complain about it the water department sort of neglected it. She had an Achilles tendon injury. We got 120,000. My favorite part of the case was that another lawyer had sort of mishandled the case. We took it over. There was no offer on the table. At one point, the water department said max offer 75. Then they went to 100, and we got 120, and the client was really happy. So that was the result there. It sounds like a great result for the client. Yeah, yeah, she was happy. She, I think that she questioned at first whether she was making the right decision about changing lawyers. And uh, the other lawyer sort of conceded that, that he had mishandled it and recommended us. So she was apprehensive at first, and then she was very grateful and thankful, and, and she sort of... Uh, complimented my handling of the case but from a hindsight is 2020 perspective you know like she questioned everything i did throughout the case and then at the end she was like you did a really good job so that (laughs) felt good all right derek so here we go main topic of today's show motorcycle accidents these are uh big cases important cases oftentimes involve horrible injuries or tragic loss They can be incredibly complicated, and I think you'll agree motorcycle accidents are very different from car accidents. So why don't we start by telling the viewers how do motorcycle accidents differ from car accidents, some general principles? Well, generally, if there's a motorcycle accident, even a fairly minor one, there's almost always some sort of an injury, you know, even a relatively minor injury, but... Yeah, it could be road rash. Road rash from anything from minor to major, but... If you're involved in a motorcycle collision and it's someone else's fault, there's always a case. Always. Always. If there's any injury, there's a case. Meaning because, there's no threshold. Yeah. Like yeah. car accidents have a threshold. Yeah. like So with a car accident, you know, if you're in a car in, in New York State and you have an accident, your injuries have to meet a certain threshold, which was a topic for another time, but it's a long, convoluted, poorly written and vague description of what that threshold really means, you know, for the most part. Uh, but with a motorcycle, <clears throat> if you're if you're injured, uh, there's no threshold to get over. Meaning, you know, you, you could sue for you know as little injury as, as you have. I mean, you know, of course, it wouldn't take something that's going to be a waste of time. But there's no threshold. Um, but you also the, the the flip side is there's no no fault insurance coverage on a motorcycle, right, right? Unless you pay a lot of money extra, you know, to to buy that coverage, which almost no one does. They should, but almost no one does that. And the no fault coverage would pay for your medical bills and 80% of your lost earnings that result from any motorcycle collision. I think that's one of the hardest parts of handling a motorcycle accident case is that there is no available insurance if the injured party doesn't have any health insurance. Uh, Even if they have health insurance, unless they're privately insured for disability, there's no income coming in. So those people are stressed. I mean, and oftentimes, as you're saying, they're, they're injured, 
But when there's no money coming into the household and medical bills are accumulating, that makes our job difficult because the client is stressed and they're calling you for answers. So I always find that the lack of insurance is one of the most difficult parts of handling those cases. Yeah, that's true. Yep. And I think in other, I, but I, I think you've already touched this, but I think one of the major ways they differ uh, is, is uh, as you said, the injury. There's always an injury. Even if you just put the bike down lightly, there's, uh, there's scrapes and bruises. And not that those are worth a lot of money, but they're compensable under the law. So, uh, and you know, this is a distinction between motorcycle accidents and car accidents that leads to our point about there always being injuries. There's no safety equipment, right? I mean, even your best motorcycle safety equipment doesn't really protect you from the types of injuries that you're exposed to if you have a motorcycle accident. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually, we do have something here from, from Bill at Woodstock, Harley Davidson. Bill at Woodstock, Harley <laughs> Davidson and our friend, our friend, Bill, um, but he, he did uh, send this, which has some information in it, about safety gear. You know, some is r- rather obvious, but some is maybe not. So you know, w- what his point is here is to uh, buy a good helmet. Don't save money on your helmet. You yeah. know, get a good helmet with base protection as well. Um, also, buy a riding jacket. Don't dress up like us and go ride your motorcycle. Yeah, you padded you know, jacket. Padded jacket, riding boots, riding gloves, things like that. So that way, if you do lay your bike down and slide on the road... Uh, you know, the right gear can save you from getting road rash or can really minimize some of your injuries. And and that equipment does minimize injuries. I mean, you can see the difference when you're repre- representing an experienced rider or or prepared rider who's, who's well-equipped as compared to somebody who's out there riding in a T-shirt and jeans. The injury profile is just very, very different. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and some of the safety equipment is required by law. In New York, motorcycle operators are required to have helmets. Um, you know, it's an interesting thing. You can, if, if you don't wear a helmet, you're still eligible to pursue a legal action against a negligent driver or, or if there's a highway defect, the owner of the road. Even if you're not wearing a helmet, you have a claim. But it does possibly... Uh, diminish the value of your case because the negligent party could argue that your injuries would not have been as significant or severe if you were wearing a helmet. Have you ever seen that happen? Not that I recall. No, I think every client who I've had with a motorcycle has always had a helmet on. I had one case and thankfully this guy was riding on like inner city streets. It wasn't going that fast uh, because it's always the speed. It's like the speed of the motorcycle, less a safety harness or, or seatbelt, less steel roll bars equals big injury. But this guy did, wasn't wearing a helmet, but he was riding on inner city streets and wasn't going fast, so he was okay. Yeah. But it's just like, I, um, it's just like a, a car accident where someone's not wearing a seatbelt. You may not be obligated to wear a seatbelt, for example, if you're sitting in the back seat, although nowadays I think you are even. But it could work against you because it could discount the the exposure of the defendant if you're not wearing a seatbelt. Same thing for the helmet. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Although I do have one case where I believe a helmet made the injury worse. It's crazy as that sounds. I had a, a client who was on a four-wheeler riding through some, you know, back trails. And uh, you know, she went out with, with some friends, you know, pretty often after school. Um, she was, you know, in her late teens. And... One day, someone put up a metal cable across one of these trails, and she was riding and didn't see it. 
and the cable caught her. Yeah, I remember but this case. As it went up, it like it, it actually it caught her helmet. It, you know, like so if she hadn't been wearing a helmet, the cable most likely would have you know maybe done some damage to her. But uh, the, the cable like caught her helmet, like I think around her forehead or somewhere along the way, got caught. And anyway, she did break her neck. She you know she ended up healing really well, but um, and the cable caught the helmet and. We've had several cases involving crazy. chains or ropes hanging across, you know, dirt roadways in the woods who have clotheslined people and seriously injured them. Yeah. And oftentimes, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I should say oftentimes, but isn't the one case was like a, a resentful neighbor who didn't want yeah. people riding back there and yeah. didn't tell anybody, but just hung a chain up, and I, knowing that the yeah. neighbors and children in the area rode their dirt bikes and four wheelers in the woods. Yeah. And the, and the chain wasn't even on that neighbor's property, if I recall correctly. Like I thought, oh, the, I thought the trail. Right? I well, the trail he bordered the property. Yeah. But the person didn't like the noise, so they went right. and put a, a chain or cable, whatever it was. And you know, I mean, whether it's your property or not, if you're going to put a cable like that across something that's pretty heavily trafficked, you have to at least paint it orange or hang some hang a ribbon, sign hang on a sign it, yeah. or some ribbons or something so you can see it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting this chain conversation. Uh, you know, sort of makes me think that many motorcycle accidents don't occur due to the negligence of another driver. Uh, don't get me wrong. Many do. Many accidents do occur because the driver of a car or truck neglects uh, to see a motorcycle driver um, uh, or motorcyclist. But the thing about motorcycles is they can be difficult to ride, right? And so the seams in a road, cracks in a road, potholes in a road, uh, gravel, sand in a road, that experience for a motorcyclist is very different as compared to the operator of a car. Like your car can handle those seams and those cracks, no problem. When you're on a motorcycle, you only have two wheels and you hit something like that going out of speed, and especially if you don't see it, before it's hard to keep that bike stable and upright and so i think that that's an important message that i wanted to communicate today to motorcyclists is if you ever put that bike down and it's a single vehicle accident meaning it's just your motorcycle that goes down as, as a result of a road defect you may have a case your case isn't against the negligent driver your case is against the local municipality whether it be a town village the state a city um, uh, and, and if that is the case, get a lawyer, you can sue the municipality. There are the, the New York state highway law mandates that, that the owner of a road, the municipality has to maintain that road in a reasonably safe condition. Um, uh, but, but these types of cases must be filed in a hurry. You have to file certain notices within a certain amount of time. Um, and I think Bosch and Keegan's biggest settlement ever is a motorcycle crash that occurred due to a defect on a bridge against the state of New York. And um, so they're certainly worth pursuing. And, uh, you know, I just think that that's important that motorcyclists know that we we as lawyers know that sometimes that bike goes down and it's not your fault. It, it's a road defect and um, the road should be reasonably safe. You know, you often make the point that we shouldn't be telling people how to be safe. And, and I agree with you, but I will say this. One of the saddest things that I see with motorcycle accidents time and time again is that the motorcyclist does not properly insure their motorcycle. They yeah. buy insurance and they're worried about 
insuring them themselves against liability claims. In other words, the motorcyclist insures himself or herself for the event where they cause harm. But the reality is, is that other people neglect motorcycle drivers, right? And so it's somebody who runs a stop sign or takes their eyes off the road, and, and it's the motorcyclists who get hurt. And so when people buy motorcycle insurance, they should be insuring themselves from harm. They should be buying the best insurance that money can buy, because when you put that bike down, it's going to hurt, it's going to hurt bad, and it could cause life-altering injuries. So get yourself the right insurance, and, and what you want to ask for is supplementary underinsured motorist benefits, and that is going to protect you if some person makes a bad decision on the road and that person is not adequately insured. And you can you can buy that underinsured motorist coverage um, for you know up to any amount that an insurance company will sell you. And so I would urge you to like talk to your insurance insurance agent about this um, and spend you know whatever it costs. You know, it can't be any kind of crazy amount more, but spend more money on your insurance to yeah. cover yourself, protect yourself. Don't be cheap on that. And Get yourself people, good insurance. Most people out there, uh, I think, are underinsured in general, even on their cars. Yeah, and totally. In New York State, the, the minimum amount is $25,000. So somebody could have $25,000 in insurance coverage on their car, hit somebody on a motorcycle, cause devastating, life-altering injuries, and all that there is is $25,000. And that's it. That's it. I mean, you could pursue a judgment against the individual, but that doesn't work well. Oftentimes, they don't have any assets. If you get a huge judgment against them, any number you can imagine, the person could file bankruptcy, and then the judgment gets discharged in bankruptcy, and you typically get no money. Right. And when you see big settlement numbers involving motorcycle accidents, typically it's either because the wrongdoer is a corporation that happens to have a lot of insurance, right? Your big trucks, your... FedEx trucks, UPS trucks, whatever it may be, or the injured party ha fell because of a road defect and has can sue the municipality, and the municipality has a lot of insurance. But your average motorcycle accident is caused by a, a negligent driver who makes a mistake and changes the motorcyclist's life forever, and that negligent driver has crappy or no insurance. And so motorcycle drivers, I don't want to tell you what to do, but get yourself some safety equipment and insure your bike well. Insure it well. Yes, definitely. Um, let's see here. You know, a lot of these principles that we're talking about um, relative to motorcycles apply to bicycle accidents too. Yeah. If you're out there on a, on a bicycle, I mean, you're probably even more vulnerable than a motorcyclist. To other drivers, I feel like a motorcyclist has the option of, you know, braking really hard and changing their speed drastically to slow down, or even speeding up and avoiding a vehicle that pulls out in front of them. For example, right. where a bicyclist can't abruptly accelerate, and you know, the brakes on a on a bike don't necessarily stop you on a dime, either. You know, even if you're only going ten or twenty miles an hour. One on of the that bike, a, a bicyclist would be afforded no fault insurance as well. Yeah, yeah. that's the difference with a motorcycle and bicycle is that if you're on a bicycle you you have more insurance available you have the no fault coverage available to you so you can get your medical bills paid for and 80 uh, percent of your lost earnings yeah you know i was thinking too with motorcycle accidents in particular it's important for motorcyclists to call 
a lawyer soon after the accident, especially those motorcyclists who have accidents due to roadway defects, because if the roadway defect gets corrected after the accident, we've lost our evidence, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, you know, we always say as personal injury lawyers, you should call us and call us fast. We're not saying that because we're greedy lawyers. We're saying that because we know the importance of collecting evidence soon after the accident. And I've had it where, uh, I remember it was a, it was a, a guy who had an accident due to gravel it was near a, um, a quarry. And so the trucks, as they came out of the quarry would sort of like drag sand and dust. And, and so that road became Sandy. And as the guy sort of turned off the main highway, onto the road where the quarry was, he he put the bike down. Well, they the police knew that the road was sort of dirty and, and had dust on it and debris, so they got it cleaned. So now before we could take pictures of the road, the road's cleaned. And it yeah. wasn't that hard to prove in that situation because it made a lot of sense that it was that it was dirty and, and, and dusty and slippery. But um, you know, we as you we've handled many cases with cracks and, and potholes we would like to get to that crack and pothole as soon yeah. as possible. Now, we understand that the motorcyclists are often hurt very bad, uh, but they can communicate many times, and they should communicate to their family where the accident happened and ask them to go take pictures. Or, you know, contact a lawyer, and the lawyer will go do it. There's no cost. You don't have to worry about money. So that, that's a piece of advice I always give to our friends on motorcycles as well. Definitely. Yeah, that, they mentioned about the roadway dust and gravel on the road makes me think that when you're driving along, whether you're on a motorcycle or a car or whatever, if you're moving along, say, at 50 miles an hour, there's a part of your vehicle that's not moving, and that's the part that's in contact with the road, meaning that that patch of your tire, each tire that's in contact with the road, is stationary for just that moment in time as it passes around your, your tire. But if you then hit gravel or sand or whatever on the road, then it's no longer stationary. You've got a big problem. Yeah. So you know your your tires move. If you're going 50, your tires technically move like 100 forward, but 50, or they're, they're, you know zero back. You know, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. No, you know, I do. I do. Out. Yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, if you hit hit gravel or something on the road and your tires are no longer in contact with the pavement, you've got you've got a big problem. Yeah, I will say. Uh, you know, they often recommend to motorcyclists that they ride in packs, right? Because packs are easier to see. Uh, they're louder. They're, they're just more of a physical mass to deal with. So the cars actually can't challenge the mass as easily. Um, but one of the other major advantages is there are a lot of witnesses. <laughs> and if you think that fellow motorcyclists will ever say anything bad about what their buddy uh, did on the road, <laughs> you're sadly mistaken. I mean, they're some of the most fiercely loyal people. Um, you know, and we haven't talked about this yet. I mean, we've said that injuries are really bad, but the other unfortunate reality is that motorcycle accidents often result in death. And that uh, that's always unexpected. Uh, it's very difficult when that happens to you know, put the family at ease. Um, you know, there may be some immediate insurance benefits, which all, which always seems somewhat callous, right? It's like, you know, you immediately talk about money, but that's what we do. Like, that's how we help. We go and, and help uh, stabilize people's finances in some way. But, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm thinking about a case now where a young man went out for a ride. He's got three young kids at home, goes for a quick ride, and somebody runs um, a red light while visiting the area. Because we have a lot of people who are here visiting from other places, so they don't know the roads, they don't know the stop signs, they don't know the, the curves and the speeds. And he dies in the accident, leaves three young children behind. No matter how much insurance that woman has, we can't make this right. So, um, you know, we do our best and, you know, we put a lot of resources into this case and, and I think we're going to have a good outcome. But I guess my, my other point is, is that death is at the other side of that sometimes. I'm yeah. sad when that happens. All right. Anything? Oh, we, so in wrapping up our segment here on motorcycle accidents, last summer, we uh, connected with Woodstock Harley Davidson and we did these, what is it called? Cruising uh, nights. And yeah. uh, you went to more than I did. So tell everybody yeah. what it was about. It was, well, seemed fun. Yeah, it was, it was actually, they were, they were quite fun. It's like they have a, like a barbecue, a little party in the parking lot. And uh, if you have a motorcycle, you can cruise on in there with your motorcycle or you know, some kind of antique car or bring whatever you have, frankly. You can just show up there. You, you went with your new car, right? I did. Yeah, my new old car. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I brought my, I have an old uh, Pontiac. Catalina 2 plus 2, 1965. It's a cool-looking car. And I uh, brought that out there to the cruise in. There were you know, a few other old vehicles there, but mostly motorcycles. And, you know, even if you don't have a Harley, you're still welcome to come out there. And uh, there's a grill, uh, just a place to hang out, relax for a little while, unwind. And um, You get a free Bosch and Keegan motorcycle yeah. shirt if you go. We'll yeah. be glad to give you a free shirt. While supplies or, last. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're watching this and enjoying it, you tag us or contact the office anyway. Email, give us a call. We'll give you a free T-shirt. We'd love to have you uh, wear our free stuff. So, uh, but anyway, the, the Har Woodstock Harley Davidson cruise in nights, we're going to do it again this summer. Yeah. It's the second Wednesday of each month, starting in June, going through until September. And, uh, at each event, Bosch and Keegan's going to raffle off a $100 gift certificate to the Harley Davidson store. So, uh, everyone out there, feel free to join us. It's a fun time. Derek usually makes a stop on his way home. Marianne, our marketing coordinator, is always out there. There's free swag. It's a good time. It's a community event. So, feel free to support Woodstock Harley Davidson. So, John, tell us, what type of compensation can a person expect to receive after a motorcycle accident? Well, so long as the motorcycle accident wasn't your fault, you're entitled to compensation for your bodily injuries, your past and future conscious pain and suffering, past and future medical bills, and past and future lost wages, if any. So, uh, of course, you have to prove your case. Usually, if you put a motorcycle down due to someone else's negligence, there's usually always some form of bodily injury. There's no threshold as to the injury. Uh, however, oftentimes, motorcycle accidents result in catastrophic losses, serious injuries, sometimes death, God forbid. Uh, if you're a worker, when you have an accident and you miss time from work, you're entitled to lost wages. God forbid you're out for a, a prolonged period of time. You can get wages as far as you would be into the future as you would be working. Uh, I hope everybody who has an accident has some form of health insurance, but if you don't have health insurance, you would be entitled to reimbursement for any out-of-pocket medical expenses you have as a result of a motorcycle accident. Derek, 
If you were advising someone who had a motorcycle accident, what steps would you tell them to take? Well, the first thing I would say, of course, is obviously get treatment for your injuries and uh, take photographs of the accident scene or videos or, or both to capture the evidence. Like you mentioned earlier, the accident scene or roadway can change rather quickly. Uh, for example, someone can, can come along and clean up the roadway conditions or debris. Uh, so photographs are important to lock in the evidence. Or if you can't get photographs uh, due to your injuries, call us. We'll send someone out there. We'll go out there ourselves and take some pictures and video. Um, and then with regard to your treatment, you know, again, you know, go to a hospital if you're injured and follow up with uh, a doctor, a specialist, probably an orthopedist or whoever you need to see based on your injuries. And uh, call a lawyer. There's, you know, there's no downside to um, giving us a call. There's always a free consultation, and you'll never owe us any money out of your pocket we only receive a payment if we win your case through a settlement or a verdict. So there's, there's no risk to you to call us. We'll tell you if you have a case or not, and uh, we'll investigate it right away. And if there is insurance coverage available for you to apply for, we'll take care of that. We take care of all the insurance forms, no fault applications. We'll call the adjuster and uh, take care of everything. We'll also help you with your property damage claim if you have any issues with that as well. All right, I got a question for you. Yeah. What's your favorite pizza spot in Ulster County? It's hard to pick one. You know, I've got a lot of favorites depending on my mood, but... You can give me your top three. I'll give you my top three. Picnic in Kingston, Slices of Italy, also in Kingston, or Slices in Saugerties. Dude, Slices in Saugerties is really good. Yeah. So I'm going to say Slices... I'm going to say my family's been going to Ollie's a lot out in High Falls. It may just be a cool spot, but I like their thick Sicilian pizza. And, yeah, I like Picnic. I got a lot of respect for Picnic. I've been going there a long time, so they got good pizza, too. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We hope you found this helpful. Give us a call if you have any questions about motorcycle accidents. Yeah, and if you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing or give it a like. And if you need help because you were recently in a motorcycle accident, feel free to give Derek and I a call at Bosch and Keegan. Thanks for listening to Upstate and Litigate. See you next time.